On this episode of the Calgary Stampeders podcast, we review the first half of the CFL season. How long will Bo Levi Mitchell's leash be if he struggles against Saskatchewan early? And what the Stamps need to do to get on a mini heater to get to the playoffs. It is episode three of the Calgary Stampeder podcast brought to you by Valentine Volvo and Volvo Fine Cars Royal Oak. I'm Dave McIver. He's Jock Wilson. We are back after the bye weeks and much needed rest and relaxation. <laughs> yeah, probably more for the players. Hey, Jock, we, uh, we kind of go about the same uh, schedule as we normally do. Let's hope the Calgary Stampeders can uh, benefit from a bye week for sure, Dave. <laughs> well, they're going to need it. They're generally pretty good off a of bye week, Jock. They are, they so, are, but this has been a different season, so I, to speak. So. I was just going to say, uh, they're generally uh, in a lot better position after uh, <laughs> this uh, this point in the season. So uh, it's been uh, a tough, tough sled for uh, the Calgary Stampeders so far, uh, two and five. But uh, we did see the Edmonton Elks lose to the Ottawa Red Blacks <laughs> this week, which was that don't, tiebreaker came into effect real quick, didn't it? I, I don't think anybody in Calgary was uh, was shedding a tear for the Edmonton Elks. That's for sure. And, uh, you know, and and that's why I think you still can be optimistic if you're a Calgary Stampeder fan because you take a look at what's happening in the Eastern Conference right now. You got two teams at only two wins, Montreal and Ottawa. You know, here in the West, you got two teams at two wins, Calgary and Edmonton. Will a crossover be in play? How many wins will it take to uh, to make the playoffs? Say the Stampeders aren't dead and buried until they're dead and buried. So uh, let, let's uh, you know, and this is why Dave Dickinson is saying, you know, let's take it one game at a time, see where this plays out. They've got a tough schedule, a very very tough schedule. I think it has been a very very disappointing first half of the season for the Calgary Stampeders. But you know, is there is there hope? You know, we're, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. There has to be, Jock. Yeah. There has to well, be hope. That's true. There's, you know, what, what's the point if, if you don't got any hope left, right? Nope. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into the stamps in a little bit, but do want to give our overall thoughts mm-hmm. on uh, the first half of the CFL season. Everybody but the Montreal Alouettes have played uh, seven games. The Montreal Alouettes, two and four at six games. So, Jock, just your overall thoughts. I think there's been, uh, you know, definitely some surprises that uh, we thought maybe wouldn't have happened to coming into this season. I would say we've seen the good good, the bad, and the ugly in the Canadian Football League in the first uh, in the first half of the season. And that was probably to be expected after missing the entire 2020 season. Um, there's been some highs, there's been some lows. You know, I, I think from a positive perspective, you can take a look at the Toronto Argonauts. The Toronto Argonauts, I think everybody thought they were going to be a, a, a much better team this year because they went out and spent some money. Uh, Toronto Argonauts have what, now won three straight games at home, dating back to the last time we played football in 29. They've won five in a row at home. Hey, I I know a lot of people get disappointed with Toronto and they can't attract any fans, but I still believe in a nine-team league, you do need a a healthy Toronto organization. So if you can win some games there and try to get that uh, that organization back on track, uh, that's a good thing for the Canadian Football League. What we've learned in the first uh, seven uh, weeks of the season, or the first nine weeks, I guess, of the season, is is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are clearly the class of the league. And and then you look at the game that the Calgary Stampeders played against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and you say, wow, maybe the Stampeders are close because... You know, that was a game in Winnipeg, and the Stampeders should have won that game. It came down to a 52-yard field goal miss by Rene Paredes, or the Stampeders would have knocked off, yep. you know, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And let's not forget, you know, they had uh, they had a rookie kicker in Mark Leggio making, what, four for four? 
And that was really the coming out party for Jake Mayer as he completes 17 straight passes, you know, a new stampeder and franchise record. Uh, and so a lot of fans are, are excited about, uh, you know, Jake Mayer here in, in the city. So, you know, th- those, are, those are some of the uh, some of the surprises for sure. I think some of the disappointments, I would say the Montreal Alouettes are, are one of the disappointments for me. Montreal Alouettes, uh, I thought they were going to be a better team. Um, Vernon Adams Jr. has been not very good this year. Mm -hmm. So I would say that has certainly been, you know, a a, a fallback. I would say even the uh, the resurgence of uh, Michael Riley in BC. Big time, you know. I I think I think Michael Riley has been a great story, you know, especially the way he started the season. <laughs> I was just going to say that, you know, he had the bad wing, <laughs> couldn't even throw the ball, didn't even start the first game of the season, and even Nathan, though he was even though he was listed as the starter, and uh, you know Nathan Rourke gets a start, and and you know they almost come back in that miraculous comeback. Yep. You know, <laughs> it was it was really amazing, you know, from that standpoint. But then what Michael Riley has done has put himself and put the BC Lions back on the map. You know he. Is uh, what four straight, uh, you know, three hundred plus yard games. You know, he's got some receivers. Where Lucky Whitehead is certainly you another, know, certainly another resurgence. Start. Well, that that's uh, that's exactly right. So uh, you know, I I think that is a is a really really neat story. Now, from a Calgary Stampeder perspective, the the great story was Kamar Jordan. Kamar Jordan coming back. You know, he was leading the league in receiving. And what did he say? He said. What I want to do is at least finish the season. I want to, I want to finish an entire season, something he has never done in his, uh, his CFL career. And then sure enough, in the last time the uh, Stampeders played in Hamilton, he suffers a hamstring injury, doesn't finish the game. Now he's listed as questionable for this week, and I, I hope he can play, but certainly doesn't look good at this, uh, at this point. So I, I hope he doesn't miss extended time for the Calgary Stampeders. That was a, that was a really, really good feel-good story for the Calgary Stampeders. How about yourself? Uh, for me, the good news about Kamar, it's a hamstring. The bad yep. news about Kamar, it's a hamstring, and <laughs> He's a receiver, and as we know, uh, receivers tend to take a little bit more time coming back from uh, from that injury. So uh, that's also been one for me. Uh, you said Michael O'Reilly. I think uh, I think a good thing that happened uh, that's happened for the league is Cody Fajardo seems to be you know the real deal. They uh, he came in, you know, he's had some some issues, a couple struggles, you know, a concussion this year, but he's bounced back, and we've seen that uh, you know the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at five and two. It's hey for me, it's a good thing to have Toronto being good in the league. It's a good thing for Saskatchewan being good in the league as well. So I think he's been uh, as good as advertised or close to mm-hmm. at least this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a little bit of a disappointment, even though they've had some uh, quarterback injuries, would be the Hamilton Tiger Cats. That's a team coming out of... Uh, but they're red hot right now. They they're, are. They're, they're they playing... Are. They're playing really good football. They right are now. playing really good, but at four and three at the halfway yeah. point, I thought that they would be with Winnipeg. Yeah, but if you would have told me David Watford would have been winning back-to-back <laughs> games for it's them, true. I would have said, "Okay, I'm." They're lucky to be four, you know, four and three, and and be on a little bit of a roll right now. So, you know, that's you're you're right. And and the quarterbacking situation in the Canadian Football League, a nine-team league, what do we had? Seventeen different starters. Yeah, you know that that is you know a red flag from that standpoint. And yet, you know, there are some good young quarterbacks that are that are coming up in this league. We saw. What you know, Caleb Evans did that was you know, nice against the Edmonton yeah. Elks. That was fantastic. We've seen what Jake Mayer has done here in uh, in Calgary. You know, I would even say uh, Taylor Cornelius in Edmonton. He throws a really, really nice ball, a, a nice tight spiral. You know, hasn't resulted in wins. That's that's on the Edmonton Elks. But you know, I, I think he's got uh, he's got some some potential. So you know, I, I'm not sold on David Watford, even though he's uh, he's won a few games. But uh, bottom line is, uh, you know, you need you need good quarterbacks, and uh, you know, fortunately, the Canadian Football League has. Uh, Develop some well, and and to to that point, Jock. Speaking of quarterbacks, one of my disappointments, even though we didn't think they were going to be that good this year, 
is the Ottawa Red Blacks. Yeah. Because they went ahead in the offseason and decided to trade Nick Arbuckle to the Toronto Argonauts for uh, for Matt Nichols. And Matt Nichols has come in and been what Matt Nichols has been over the last three or four years, an injury-prone quarterback who can't finish a season. Uh, not going to light you up, uh, you mm-hmm. know, with the exception of one year in the last four or five where he's been very, very good. And they kind of got what they paid for on a team that is already, you know, in a in a rebuild. And they had the quarterback to rebuild around in Nick Harbuckle, and they let him go to Toronto. So they have been, despite the fact they are in a rebuild, a disappointment for me because you just we can't figure out why they made that decision. Did they did they get what they paid for? Because they gave Matt Nichols very very good money. They you know and 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 shame on Marcel Desjardins. You know if any executive is on the hot seat, you know maybe a Caleb Evans is going to save his job in in Ottawa but uh, the the fact of the matter is yeah that that was you know we know what Matt Nichols is you know if you followed the Canadian Football yes. League for a long period of time you you sort of know this is this is a guy that can be a good Adequate quarterback, but I don't think a star power quarterback in the Canadian Football League. And the same could be said about Dominic Davis, you know, in, in Ottawa as well. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that one didn't make a lot of sense in the offseason, what they did with Nick Arbuckle. Now, Nick Arbuckle has shown flashes in Toronto, hasn't been able to stay healthy in the mm-hmm. season. But I think, you know, in Calgary, Stampeder fans have certainly seen what Nick Arbuckle brought to the table back in 2019 when Bo Levi Mitchell was having the shoulder uh, issues. So I, I, I think it's one of those situations that, you know, t- that's one of the reasons why you the resurgence of the Toronto Argonauts for sure. And to your point, Jock, who was he working with when he was playing really well in Calgary? Mm-hmm. Basically, the same guys he's working with in Toronto exactly. now. So, exactly. uh, so we'll see if he can get healthy. But they do have uh, McLeod, Bethel, Thompson, and uh, you know he's he's had some results. This Who's year. your MOP in the first half? Ooh, probably Michael Riley. Michael Riley. Yeah, I, I would say just like like you, we talked about the resurgence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's just been like oh, I had a lot of fun watching them them play last week. Yep. Uh, despite uh, despite the comeback by the the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, which was pretty fun in itself to watch. He's just looking looking good. He's throwing a good ball. Seems to be past kind of any of the injuries that he had at the beginning of the season. He's been my MOP so far. Yeah. No, you know what? You can look at William Standback in Montreal leading the league in rushing. I think he's having a great season. Michael Riley obviously is in the conversation. Lucky Whitehead, though, has been, you know, a really nice, pleasant surprise. And, you know, he's, you know, Brian Burnham is not the feature receiver anymore. It's it's Lucky Whitehead. So I, I think you've got to put him in the mix. You know, Zach Caleros, what he is doing with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, obviously, uh, that puts him in the uh, in the mix. And Jackson, uh, Jeff Coat, and I know Ryder fans are going to say Cody Fajardo as well. But I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think, you know, if you're if you're basing it on the first seven games of the season, I would I would give my uh, my my pick to uh, Michael Riley as well. Oh, well, we can agree on something, Major. Eh, yeah, well, that's exactly right. So, yeah. Hey, what we can agree on too is you know if we're talking about disappointments for the first half of the season, the Stampeders are in are in that conversation. Oh, one hundred percent, they really are. And and I, and I say that because you know you expect more from a John Huffnagel, Dave Dickinson team. And Bo Levi Mitchell is certainly in that conversation because he has not been very good. Granted, broke his leg in the first game of the season when he was hit by Charleston Hughes. The former Stampeder played on that broken leg in in week number two. But Bo Levi Mitchell has not been very good this year. And if Bo Levi Mitchell is not very good, guess what? The Calgary Stampeders aren't very good. So, you know, and uh, and, and, and it's too bad because I know we're going to get into the uh, to the first half of the Calgary Stampeders, but I tell you what, that uh, that certainly would go into the into the equation as a, as a huge disappointment for the 2021 uh, season. Well, it's a perfect transition in the first yeah. half of the Stamp season because what is the number one thing that they were talking about after the first couple of weeks? Mistakes. 
What is the thing that killed them in Hamilton yeah. in their seventh game of the year? Mistakes. They haven't been able to correct that, those mistakes this year. Uh, Dave Dickinson has said, we need to find what our guys are good at and get them to do that at the, t- at the best of their ability. They haven't been able to find a way to do that yet. So if we're talking disappointments, the Stamps have been a disappointment through the first half of the year. And the penalties, the mistakes, the inconsistency at the quarterback position, all three things weigh into what's been happening so far. Not able to open the game strong because they can't score touchdowns in the first quarter and not being able to finish games has certainly cost this team as well. And and yet, you know, I, I look back at the first seven games and it's quite interesting because, you know, that first game against Toronto, Bo did break his leg. But, you know, the, the Stampeders basically had a chance to win that game, but Bo was intercepted, you know, uh, you know, on the final drive. So, mm-hmm. you know, that snuffed out that drive. Then the BC game where Bo plays on a broken leg, and Bo was awful in that game. He threw, uh, he threw four interceptions. But guess what? Last drive, Stampeders had a chance to come back and, and win that game. Yep. And then, you know, you play Montreal, and the score flattered Montreal. Because the Stampeders were dominant. The defense was very, very good. You know, Jake Mayer uh, turned out to be very, very good in <laughs> yeah. that game. And, and, and you win 28-22, and you're thinking, okay, you're 1-2. You're and two. Maybe there's a little bit of a glimmer of hope here. Well, and, what did you say? It was the most optimistic 1-2 and two team well, you've ever actually, Or was that the, the week after? That, that was the week after, <laughs> yeah. after Winnipeg. Because, again, yes. Winnipeg, you go into Winnipeg, and you play a game that you probably should have won. And, again, Renee Paredes misses that 52-yard field goal. You could have been 2-2. Two and two. Instead, you're 1-3. and three. But uh, as I said on the show, I said, wow, this is the most optimistic I've seen Stampeder fans after a 1-3 and three start, because normally 1-3, and three, you're thinking doom and gloom, not very good. But there was all sorts of optimism around a 1-3 and three football club. And then what happens? Labor Day comes rolling oh, around. They stumped the, the joint Oh, up. my goodness, they pooped the bed. And it was, it was not a very good effort. It was disappointing to see that effort. And I still don't know what happened because, you know, especially when you see this Edmonton team play like they did this week, you go, really? Uh, how did the Calgary Stampeders lose that badly to the Edmonton Elks? And, and they were bad. That was, that was by far their worst game of the season. That was ugly. And I got a front row seat to it. Only my <laughs> second game. And it's a beautiful day. I was so excited, Jock. You know, 20, 21 degrees outside. Yep. I'm down on the sideline for my first Labor Day Classic down there. <laughs> and, man, it was, a, it was a sad place to be uh, on really the side. Beside that bench, and uh, you know, Jake had you know, I think another 300-yard passing game in yep. that one, but it just it just didn't translate. Uh, the mistakes caught up to them again. Uh, roughing the passer is something that is uh, oh, plagued. Too many penalties, yeah. Yeah, plagued not only them, but uh, plagued them big time this year. Mike Rose has had uh, a tough time defensively. They weren't very good. Yeah, so uh, you're right. And then uh, you think past that one, uh, they go back into Edmonton and yep. they win. So yep. the optimism is back. And then they go to Hamilton, make a bunch of mistakes. And uh, really, I thought they handed Hamilton that game. Well, they, they did. And again, that was that was on Bo because Bo yep. was not very good in that game. And the score probably flattered the Calgary Stampeders when you see 23-17. Well, it's a pretty close game. Well, no, it wasn't. Jake Mayer comes in and he completes nine for nine. And that's why we thought there might be a little bit of a quarterbacking controversy in this city. I'm, I'm glad Dave Dickinson came right out and said, hey, there's no quarterbacking controversy right now. Bo's my guy. Bo's my starter. And yet, and yet, everybody's wondering... You're going to ask the question, how big is the leash? Yeah, well, we might as well go there. Hey, this is a nice little segue podcast so far. We're just hitting the hitting the, hitting the the topics. Uh, so what do you think, Jock, Bo's leash? Um, obviously, they had a, a sit down uh, over the bye week. We heard Bo uh, talk about this week. Uh, him and John and Dave all sat down and talked about the things he needs to do. But let's say they, uh, Saskatchewan comes to town uh, on October 2nd, and he's he's not good in the first half again. He can't complete throws, and he's got a couple turnovers, or maybe even the first and second quarter. 
how long is that leash? Is yeah. it is it a quarter? Is it two quarters? Is it is it three series? Like, what do you think? Well, he, I'll tell you this: Dave Dickinson is not waiting until the final two minutes of the game to put mm-hmm. in Jake Mayer. Yeah, uh, that that is very very clear. Uh, you know, Dave Dickinson, if he's being honest with himself, he probably should have put in Jake Mayer at the at the, at the half yep. after the Hamilton game because Bo just didn't have his mojo happening. And, you know, he stuck with his starter, stuck with his number one guy. I understand why he did. But I tell you what, halftime, if Bo is not generating offense, if Bo is not, you know, generating scores, if Bo is making mistakes, he's out. He's out in the second half. There's, there's no question in my mind. So I like the fact that they've gone with Bo. They've given him the ball. It's the right thing to do. But, yeah, at half, you got to make an assessment and, uh, and see where the quarterback is. Okay, I'm going to give you a scenario then. Okay. It's 13-0. The mm-hmm. Stamps have uh, a touchdown, and uh, converted touchdown, and two field goals. They only have 97 yards passing. and you know, let's... But they're up 13-0? Yeah. You keep going. Okay. Well, yeah. You've got, you got to ask the questions. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> if, it's, if, it's, uh, if it's like uh, 13-10 okay. and uh, you know, the Stampeders are trailing 13-10 and Bo hasn't generated much, then, then I might make a change. Okay. Yeah, for me, if, if, if the score gets out of hand early, if yeah. they're down by double digits after the first quarter and there's no offensive uh, production, yeah. it's too late in the season. Yeah. You have to go with, with the guy who's yeah. you know, been pretty darn successful for you this year. You're right. If, if Bo comes out and doesn't gen- generate anything on, say, the first three possessions, and it's like two and out, two and out, one first down, then another out. I, I think, you know, that could be the first quarter yank. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where my head's at. I just think it's all going to come down to, obviously, what the situation is, which is everything in football comes down to what the situation right. is. But if you're down double digits and you haven't got anything going on the first three drives, okay, that's the first yeah. quarter. It's just not working out right now. I, what, what I'm curious about is, you know, what is going through Bo's head? Because he's going to say all the right things in the media, mm-hmm. and he knows he hasn't played very well. And, you know, mechanically, because of the shoulder surgery, we really haven't seen him play. He doesn't seem to be throwing that crisp pass that we've seen in the past. How is that bothering him at all? Now, I don't think he would admit it. Um, you know, I think the broken leg certainly certainly hurt him in the BC game. Yep. Uh, there's no question because he couldn't he couldn't pivot. He couldn't uh, you know he couldn't get the the uh, um, the, the the weight on that back leg. So that that was that was an issue. But I'm I'm just I'm just very curious where Bo is mentally because I expect Bo to come out and be on fire. And I expect him to have a really, really good game. And, and that's the kind of competitor that he is. But he's also going to need help. His receivers are going to have to catch the balls. His receivers are going to have to run good routes. He's going to have to get great protection from the offensive line. Uh, but but Bo is going to have to be uh, much more crisp with his passing. And if he's not, then Houston, we might have a problem here in Calgary. We might. And uh, that'll be interesting to see come, uh, come Saturday when they do take on uh, the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. One other thing I wanted to talk about, Jock, was, yeah. uh, was, was the fact that the Stamps, and Dave Dickinson said it, the Stamps need to go on a mini heater. Obviously, we play a lot of the West teams, tough ones. I mean, uh, uh, Winnipeg, BC, and Sask are, are the guys we're, we're staring up at. Edmonton is also a half game of, or game in hand in front of us. So we just got to try to find our, our footing. Uh, we got to try to get better, and we got to try to win some close games and finish some games in the fourth quarter, like we did in Edmonton. We got to keep doing that. And Ultimately, we got to get on a mini heater. We got to we we can't just win one and then lose two. Uh, we got to get on a mini heater. We got to win multiple games in a row and create some momentum. And you know they have the opportunity to do it. It's going to be tough. There are some difficult games ahead. But you look at five of the next six games: Saskatchewan, 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 BC, BC, with the Ottawa Red Blacks, I believe, sandwiched mm-hmm. in there somewhere. So uh, this is, I mean, if you ever needed to go on a heater. 
and you got the opportunity now to play the teams you know you need to catch. So uh, your thoughts on whether you think they can do it and do they have a bounce back after this bye or is it another one where maybe they win one and then they lose two in a row again? Well, it's it's a challenge because Saskatchewan, well above 500, and you got three games, as you said, against Saskatchewan. For Saskatchewan, it's a quirk in the schedule because they play three consecutive games. The next three games are against the Calgary Stampeders. So, you know, there's no way one of the teams will sweep all three games. But the Stampeders are going to have to win two of three if they want to get back into the mix. Is that possible? It's going to be it's going to be a real challenge. BC is a much better team, but Calgary, I think, you know, can match up with the BC Lions. You know, and so you got two games against BC. You know, Ottawa, all of a sudden they surprised everybody last night. Is it was that just a blip on the radar? Or are they actually uh, turning things around there? You don't know. And then you end the season in Winnipeg. Now, that, you know, Winnipeg is, as you know is 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 a really really good team. So, because you've got Saskatchewan, 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 BC, BC, B, uh, Winnipeg, you know, that's that's basically six of your last seven games are against teams that are well over 500. And the Stampeders are 2 and 5 for a reason. So, well, well under 500. Yeah, well, well, well under 500. And, you know, let's not forget, you've only got a couple of uh, home games left. You got Saskatchewan and then well, you got three home games left, I guess, uh, Saskatchewan twice and, and Winnipeg. So, I, I don't know. It's uh, I, I I don't want to lose faith because again I do think Dave Dickinson is a hell of a coach and I do think Dave Dickinson can get the ship turned around, but boy, they haven't given me a lot of reason to be optimistic at this point, and uh, it's it's I don't know I, I I said I said it from the start I'll say it again I think you're going to need seven wins to make the playoffs so that tells me they're going to have to get five wins in their last seven games I'm not sure that's possible. Fair enough. I think there are three things that need to happen. And it can't be two out of three. It can't be one out of three. It is three things that need to happen. One, Bo Levi Mitchell has to return to being Bo Levi Mitchell. There's just no way I think they make the playoffs without him becoming, you know, a MOP-style quarterback that he's been in the past. Two, the defense just needs to keep getting better. They have not been the problem for this team, but they are going to take on They were the problem in Labor Day. Because the secondary was awful. But but I agree with what you're saying. But they did have a bounce back the next week, yes. and they did look good again. Uh, I mean, it was third-string quarterback uh, David Wadford, so maybe that uh, played into it a little bit. But the defense just needs to keep getting better. And third, this team, what they've had in the past when they've been successful is they've had you know, breakout special teams plays happen during games. Mm-hmm. They've had kick returns for touchdowns, maybe not even for touchdowns. They've had kick returns and punt returns for 40, 50, 60 yards. That just shortens the field. It changes the field position of the entire game. They need that to start happening. And that's probably the most difficult thing that's going to happen, Jock, because we look, Malik Henry, who they thought there was going to be their returner, out. We kind of don't really know. Maybe Sean Bain's going to be returning kicks uh, this weekend against the Riders, but... They went with that uh, that group of guys in Hamilton, and it hurt them. It hurt them big time. So that's those are the three things for me. Yeah, say it. I I, I picked offense, defense, special teams. Right. How easy is that? Well, and, but, and, and hey, as any coach will tell you, you know, you got to win two of the three phases of the game. If you don't win two of the three phases of the game, you're not going to win. Mm-hmm. And you know the the Stampeders also, you know, as much as we we applaud the defense. They haven't they haven't been very good at taking the ball away, you know, they, yep. they you know, from that situation. So, you know, the defense, you know, they, they put a lot of money into the secondary and they have not been ball hawks. You haven't seen a lot of uh, pick sixes, you know, and now you've lost uh, Royce Mechie, who's the one guy that does have an interception, uh, <laughs> you know, this this season. So I think that is uh, interesting. But, yeah, the, the return game, you're right. And that's on Mark Killam. I think Mark Killam is a, is a very, very good coach. But right now they just haven't been able to find that magic with the return game. And if you break down every single game the Stamps have played this season, you know, they, they have lost probably two of the three phases of the game. And the return game has not been very good. So I, I think I think you're on to something there. So uh, 
predictions? Are you eating a hat this Saturday? Because <laughs> I, by the sounds of things, I don't have to eat mine. No, no. Well, you know what? I, I did say I would. I'd be surprised if uh, Bull Levi Mitchell wasn't the starter this weekend. And you know, it, it's he is going to be the starter this weekend. Uh, again, how long of a leash is that going to be on? I don't know. But as I said, uh, you know, I, I hope I'm wrong saying the Stampeders aren't going to make the playoffs because I don't think they're going to get to seven wins. Uh, maybe a crossover comes into play. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so it's I hope, I'm, I hope I'm wrong on that point. But I, but I tell you what, seven wins, I don't see it with the, this tough schedule coming up. Yeah, the crossover's tough with the tiebreaker, right? Because mm-hmm. if they're tied with the East team, the East team automatically qualifies. The Montreal Alouettes have two victories right now. Now the Ottawa Red Blocks have two victories. Yeah. Is, yeah. is Caleb Evans saving their season? We'll see. Uh, I think the Stamps do get a, a win this weekend uh, coming off the bye. But then you have to say, then you have to play Saskatchewan t- two more times in the next three weeks, and Saskatchewan just gets to focus on you. So I, I don't know what's going to happen uh, going forward. But uh, they're coming off kind of a big win, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, with uh, you know that last minute uh, comeback, yeah. and then of course you know they blew it open a little bit on the onside kick. So I think maybe they're coming off a high, and they're looking at a team that's two and five. Uh, let's be honest, not a lot of not no teams in the CFL take anybody lightly, but there can be a little bit of a lull in the first quarter. So we'll see what happens there. But they have to win this game that third meeting against Saskatchewan they'll be coming off the bye week and that's you know that even though that game is going to be in Calgary that's uh, that's interesting you know that's the October 23rd game the Stamps will have to obviously go into uh, BC the week before so that that is certainly going to come into play as well but uh, I don't know so so what's your what's your gut say did the Stamps make the playoffs or no I'm Mr. Optimistic. I'll say yes. <laughs> Play devil's advocate. Yeah, I like that. I'll I like say that. yes. You know? you know, one of us will be right. Exactly. And then we can say, well, we were right on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, well, that uh, that does it for this episode of the Calgary Stampeders podcast. Of course, brought to you by Valentine Volvo and Volvo Fine Cars Royal Oak. We will be back next week again with another edition, the fourth episode of the Stampeder podcast. Jock, uh, thanks for doing this again with me today. Let's hope we're talking about a win next week. Go Stamps. 